everyone. Thank you for entering this space. My name is Janice Palaganis. I'm a behavioral scientist and researcher from Harvard Medical School and Massachusetts General Hospital Institute of Health Professions. I'm co-moderating this session, uh, these this Grand Rounds, with uh, Dr. B.A. White, who's going to introduce herself in a second or two. Um, B.A., along with uh, Melissa he uh, here, has uh, found a passion in health professions education, particularly educating educators, um, and have made it our professional missions to uh, improve how we do this. VA, I'm going to throw the mic over to you for a minute. Good morning, everyone. I um, actually was thinking we might consider changing the time because we're missing out on our West Coast folks. Um, but it's so great to see you all via the little picture here and I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say about Melissa's topic. Looking forward to Melissa's topic. Um, my background's organizational psychology and educational leadership and I teach with Janice at the MGH IHP and I also work in a department of surgery where I do faculty development there. So like Janice said, absolutely educating the educator. My favorite thing to do. Back to you Janice. Thanks, VA. Our goal for this room is to allow our students the opportunity to learn from you, to discuss their research, uh, completed ongoing and future, and uh, brainstorm deeper topics with you. Uh, so this is a one-hour session, and we can keep it going if there's some good conversation. In these sessions, our PhD student and advisor um, will spend 15 minutes presenting the research, their research, and, um, and then the faculty will have about 10 minutes asking students questions, and then we'll open it up to the entire audience to spend the rest of the time listening to your thoughts and questions um, with no strict role to structure. Um, today we have with us Melissa Morris. Um, she is the Director of Simulation and Interactive Technology at the Dr. Pallavi Patel College of Healthcare Sciences um, at Nova South Eastern University. She is also a PhD student at the MGH Institute of Health Professions with me um, as her advisor. She has a passion for healthcare um, or health education technology, particularly virtual platforms. I learn something new from Melissa every day about <laughs> virtual platforms. So I am so excited to introduce you, Melissa, and I'm gonna turn it over to you. Hi, thank you, and thanks for having me here. Um, I'd wanna tell everybody that for those who don't know me, I've been a nurse for longer than I care to tell anybody, and that, um, um, I also have a passion for educating educators on top of that in the area of simulation. Um, I work in the professional development portion of the dean's office here at NOVA in the college that I am assigned. So on to my research. Um, I'm really interested in virtual platforms for health profession education and training. Um, and I'm taking what I would call like a bird's eye look at virtual platforms. And virtual is an interesting word because it means so many different things to different people and different groups of people. So I'm looking at anything from computer-based 2D um, branching to fully immersive platforms with head-mounted displays um, that are being used in health profession education and health profession educator development. So a lot of studies have looked at student satisfactions, but there's a lot less that discuss how to and when to incorporate virtual reality platforms 
what those are and what faculty identify as challenges and barriers that need to be overcome for the adoption and how to move forward with some of that with people who aren't ready for it or don't want to do it or are stuck in old paradigms of teaching health professions. So the other thing that I'm very interested in is using all this for large group interprofessional education because I work very closely with the director of interprofessional integration and there's a mission within where I work to really push for interprofessional education of all of our students. So my doctoral research had three questions that attempts to identify the incorporation of some type of virtual platform into um, educating interprofessional healthcare students. So my first project that I'm working on, I actually have started a, a bit back ago. It's a systematic review that I actually received a grant for last year, looking at what are the strategies or emerging best practices for incorporating virtual reality to train non-technical communication skills in allied health students. Um, as I said, I'm a nurse, um, but most of my research is done in the umbrella term of allied health, which for me includes everyone who accept physicians and nurses. So the primary aim of the systematic review was to find best practices for simulation using virtual reality for training non-technical skills for everyone but nurses and physicians. Um, and after exhaustive research and scrubbing and data extraction, we have gone from 3,000 articles down to seven. Uh, and the seven are, I would say, maybe two of them are really truly virtual reality. The other two we're still working on. Um, my second project is really interesting. It's more of a faculty development background. It's looking at the experiences or the satisfaction of having a meeting in a virtual space and I'm doing that with Dr. Palaganis, and we are looking at the effect or the um, satisfaction of having a meeting in Zoom or a web conferencing platform versus a immersive platform like Spatial. Now Spatial also can be used sort of in a Zoom way. You can use it on your phone, you can use it on an iPad, you can use it on a computer, but we're specifically using it with the head-mounted display with an Oculus and having the meetings in there. And we're doing some meeting satisfaction surveys, uh, some focus group um, observations, and um, we'll see what the barriers are and what the preferences are and what the impact of having these meetings is on faculty in health professions education and how it could be used for leveraging that for education, not only of faculty, but also of students and in the future, possibly how to um, use it for recruiting people. My third research project um, is looking at evaluating virtual simulation for a large group interprofessional education. I recently 
was very involved in an IPE event for 2,000 students that we did virtually using Zoom, as well as used simulation inside of the web conference platform. Um, one was a medical record where we had students pop around in a medical record that they directed a faculty member in the next gen, like a clinic record that we made a sandbox in. Um, we also used Oxford Medical Simulations platform, and I do have permission to use their names on this, um, where we recorded a physician assistant student, a physician student, and a pharmacist in an emergency department setting. And then we're able to use breakout rooms with those students um, and gathered a great deal of information. Uh, we use the ICAST tool for anyone who already knows about IPE. Um, and we also had a worksheet and I'm using the data from the worksheet that I had created to see if we meet objectives or have met objectives on the simulations that we had did. The third simulation was a um, avatar patient who was getting some bad news and we used an occupational therapy student and a, a physician assistant to break the bad news. Uh, we also used another recording and put people in, in breakout rooms of a PBL session for human trafficking as well. So not only did we get 2,000 students through IPE, we also got them through a human trafficking module. Um, and those are actually my studies that I'm working on and all of them use some kind of what we'll call virtual reality for lack of a better way to describe the technologies that we used. Um, they all have some component of simulation in them. And um, I think that's it. Hey, Melissa, thank you so much. Um, so that was so um, like exhaustive. I didn't realize that you have all three of your projects going at once. I can't imagine how you and uh, Dr. Palaganis are doing this. Um, I had like at least four questions. So we'll see how far we get with these questions um, before I run out of time and, and allow everybody else to take over. Um, one of the first questions that I wanted to ask, and I thought this might be of interest to everyone else. You mentioned with your first project that you received a grant and um, often we are always looking for money. And so I was curious if you could give us a, even a little bit of information for those that are listening about um, the the grant. Was that an internal grant? Was that something that's available to everyone? Just quick, it doesn't have to be the super details. No, it was an internal grant. It's um, the President's Faculty Development and Research Grant. Uh, and I had applied for it. Um, I had, this is a kind of funny story, but I don't know if right before, like say six months before the pandemic, there was a company called PCS Spark is the name of the product. They're a head mounted display using AI where you go in and you do uh, assessment, like um, not assessment, interview, patient interviews, you know, for um, health assessment. And we had applied for that grant. I got a couple people together. And while we were doing that, the faculty development, the president's grant came up and we said, well, why don't we try and get this one? Maybe we'll just get one of them. 
and we ended up getting the internal grant, which Very allowed cool. to um, have graduate students in statistical help. Oh, that's awesome. And such a need for um, a systematic review. So that's fantastic. And um, you talked specifically about how you were looking at how non-technical skills were taught with, um, you know, virtual learning or, or, you know, you can correct me. I know you're very particular about that. Um, what, how are you defining the non-technical skills? Uh, non-technical skills would be um, soft soft skills, you know, it, um, interviewing skills, mostly for health assessments, you know, uh, when you go in, but communication skills, okay, verbal and verbal and nonverbal. I like that much better verbal and nonverbal. I feel like I, I when I first started reading um, non technical skills as soft skills, I just always kind of laugh when I read that because I'm like, that's the hardest skill. What are they talking about soft skills? <laughs> Anyway, just wanted to throw that in. It's funny you mentioned that because the um, Academy for Communication and um, Healthcare is gets cringy about calling communication soft skills. So <laughs> you're not alone, uh, Dr. Palagamis. No, that's funny. I like the Academy of Communication and Healthcare as well. I um, follow a lot of what they do. They have a lot of great stuff. Oh, they extended their deadline for anybody online who's wanting to submit a abstract for them. Um, you know extra work and all the things you have going on. Um, one of the, the other things that I wanted to ask you about was your, your project number two. Um, I wasn't quite clear on, on what it was that you guys were doing with the project two. something about a headset and doing an interview, um, maybe a little bit of clarity or like how you would summarize project two in two sentences. Uh, we're having a meeting using an oculus which is a head mounted display uh, headset and having meetings in a virtual space like a fully immersive virtual space where you feel like you're somewhere else i can add to that it's a um, participatory action research as well so it's um you know team members working on this research project studying ourselves <laughs> and our own experiences yeah. Interesting. Okay. And then do you guys have a third party that's, um, I guess, checking? Yes. Yeah. So um, uh, they'll be we, coding. They'll be coding how we interact. Very cool. And then my last question. So hopefully I'm still within my 10 minutes. <laughs> my last question was about your last study, which um, first, before I ask the question, I have to tell you, I'm super impressed with over 2000 people involved. I can't imagine the amount of moving parts um, and then having to navigate between all those different schools. You know, that's another thing. Um, you know, you talk about you're working with PA students, physician students, pharmacy, OT. Um, that's a lot of folks and a lot of schools to navigate. So kudos to you on, on getting that done. Um, and I'm wanted to ask, you know, kind of the, the purpose, do all of them, you talked about different, you talked about human trafficking, you talked about breaking bad news, you talked about all the different types of things that you guys are doing. Do all of these folks go through all of the curriculum? Um, and what is it, could you maybe explain kind of like what it is that you're looking for as they go through these simulations? So to um, give background, 
we're able, we're, what we've been working toward is having an interprofessional module that's presented to all first year students in like their first semester. We're even trying to put it into like their anatomy classes that they, some of them do together so that they're introduced to IPE on the ground floor. And then um, every year we have this IPE day. It is a university, not a university, it will be a university soon. It's um, a health professions division thing we've been doing. This was the eighth iteration of it. It's been going on for quite some time. Um, and I've been involved since the beginning, but not in the role that I am in now. So about two and a half years ago, when I came into this role from the College of Nursing, I started working with the Director of Interprofessional Integration, and we have taken it to expand upon it so that almost every student in the Health Professions Division is getting something in a class in their first year before they come to their second year. In the second year, everyone pretty much across the board participates in IPE Day and has um, an experience in simulation. They have, um, it's been live in the past, so it hasn't been as many, though it was pretty big because I had 600 students and standardized patients in the past three years. Um, but virtually, we were able to include everyone and make it into like a one NSU and get everybody on board at the same time. And I lost my train of thought here for a minute. Um, could you ask your question again? No problem. Sorry for the hesitation. I'm trying to push my unmute and it's not cooperating. Um, as far as um, do they all go through the, the same content? And I think you were talking about there's a IPE day. Um, so are they all getting the human trafficking? Are they all getting the breaking bad news? And um, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, yes and no. So everybody has to have human trafficking and everyone has to have this experience where they go in front of a panel of people who work together interprofessionally. But in the middle of that is a block where we had with so many students because we have seven colleges within the health professions division. And then just in my college alone, I have nine disciplines. I call them Humpty's heroes because it's all the people who put you back together again so that you can go home and you know eat and, and go back to walking and living pretty much. So we broke it down this year by the different professions knowing that, and we also have the law school, the business school and the school of education now on board as well as the um, family therapy program. Um, I believe diet and nutrition is in there as well. And remember we have sonographers and anesthesia assistants. So we have a really big, a diverse group of healthcare professionals. And we tried to put them into places where it would be pertinent to them. So for example, the, Stenographers were put into the delivering bad news where it was really only nursing, pharmacy, PA. Um, we have a DO and an MD school. So those were all in the Oxford Medical Simulation, which was um, more about decision making in an EDD, emergency department. Um, and then the other one we had was a product that's called Mersion, which is an avatar. Somebody is behind the scenes being the avatar and answering the questions. Um, and that was the breaking bad news where we were able to put a bulk of people who might be present when that happened. A lot of OTPT athletic trainers that we still have um, 
from people in there. So we broke it up depending on their profession, trying to make it as purposeful and meaningful for the students in something that they may see sometime in their career. Uh, with this, I, I want to thank you, Melissa, for giving us food for thought um, and for sharing your research uh, with the world. I hope that other people that are um, in the audience or that were listening to you today and listening to you as a recorded podcast um, reach out to you if they have interest in this area as well, because I think the network is what makes our field discover new things. Um, and so this is Dr. J. Thank you for helping us create the space. If you have any feedback for us, uh, BA and I would love to hear it. Just direct message me on Instagram, um, particularly uh, on suggestions for improvement. Please also share Melissa's work on Twitter and your social media. Melissa, what's your Twitter handle? I think it's Morris Sim. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll tag you too when we release this podcast. Thank you everyone for joining today. <laughs>